Welcome to the Encouragement Engineering Podcast, where listeners will be encouraged with positive thoughts and actions that can be applied to combat that negativity that inundates our daily lives. Guiding people to see a positive perspective in personal and professional life events. Now, here is your host, Bob Brum, the Encouragement Engineer. Welcome to the Encouragement Engineering Podcast, where we help people to combat the negativity that inundates their daily lives with a positive perspective and positive action. Today's guest is Jesse Fisco. Jesse is a serial entrepreneur that has created multiple businesses in Utah and Tennessee. Jesse is a master practitioner and is a master practitioner and has a huge passion for neurolinguistic programming. He has a huge passion for helping others succeed and win bigger. Jesse found himself at a moment in his career where he noticed that he was extremely unhappy. He lived a scarcity mindset. He was the heaviest he had ever been. His relationships were terrible and his family suffered. Through multiple reprograms and meditation, Jesse has been able to align his life and experience several changes. And Jesse wants others to experience that as well. So please welcome to the show, Jesse Fisco. Jesse, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really appreciate you being here. Yeah, thanks, Bob. I think I gotta I gotta tweak my bio. It, I was listening to you, and I was like, "Man, I I wrote all that." That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, well, if you can, let's tell the audience about you, and let's get to know you. How did you get to where you are now? I mean, tell us about your journey. Yeah, it's a great question. So um, I started off as a real estate agent in my entrepreneur journey, right? Um, and I loved it. I had a huge passion. It's always been in me to help people, right? Yeah. I loved helping people get to that house. Well, what I didn't realize was that being an entrepreneur had a lot of extra things associated with it, right? Like it has, you're the, now the CPA, you're now the COO, you're the, yeah. you're the marketing, you're everything. And, um, I, I took that with a lot of pride. Like I was super excited and my wife and I were doing this together because our, we just had a baby and we we're like, you know what? <laughs> Enough's enough. We've been doing investing prior and we jumped into this entrepreneurial journey. Well, all of that was like drinking water from a fire hose. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I started to lose myself really yeah. just, I, I got so focused on work and then we grew this business really, really quickly. Um, to the point where like we needed to hire someone, but we didn't even have a system in place. Long story short, like we were just working like 16 hour days. It was crazy. Right. Um, obviously on top of being a parent, (laughs) right? on top of being a parent and you know, the hormones of being pregnant, like, you know, all these things kind of added up. And at the end of the day, like I found one day, I just looking at myself and I was like, I am the heaviest I've ever been. I'm making the most money I've ever made, but I can't ever enjoy this money. And my wife doesn't even have a relationship with me anymore. Like it, it sucks. And I started to like look and read some books and like really start to like look at what the problem was. And I realized that that problem, everything was created by me. I was the problem. Wow. It wasn't, it wasn't anything else. What I literally believed was what I was receiving. I believed I couldn't have a business that was operating without me there. I believed I couldn't leave the house and go on a vacation. I couldn't like, and I believed all these things to the point where like my beliefs internally were so strong that my reality was manifested. And, uh, you know, as I started looking at that, that's, that's the journey. That's how I got to this point. I started making changes and going back in time and understanding that I was 
very limited in what I believed and erasing those programs. Some of those programs were generations. I didn't even know had right. on me and it was, you know, a really cool experience. So lo and behold, here I am and, uh, created my emerge coaching and got more aligned with myself and know that, uh, you know, what I, what I'm supposed to do on this earth is help people that were like me that right. just were misaligned to get realigned. And that's uh, it's a huge passion of mine. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. Cause I know, you know, as much as people don't want to admit it, we can all use a little bit realigning, if you will. I, I call it a kick in the pants, but call it what you want. Sometimes, you know, I, I'm I'm the one that needs a two by four on the back of the head sometimes, you know, but um, talk about that, that idea you mentioned it here, inner certainty, if you will, if you can help us understand that a little bit, because I think that's important with the journey you you walked and how you found that. If you can tell us how how that works with, you know, not only in your example, but with other clients as well. Yeah, for sure. So it all starts within, um, for those that are religious or, you know, that have are familiar with the Bible, it talks about cleaning out the inner vessel first. Yeah. And, um, that's where it starts. And so for me on my journey, I didn't know what I liked. I had lost myself so much in business that like, I knew I liked basketball. That's about it. Um, <laughs> and that's all that I do for my, my cardio. Right. But like, I, that's it. I didn't know I enjoyed racing cars. I didn't know I enjoyed like going on hikes or being more creative. I didn't know I enjoyed helping people. And so what I started off with, and this is one of the key fundamentals to, to what I help uh, my clients come in with is I wrote down a hundred things that I wanted. And if money wasn't an issue, yeah, right. And these things were not for anyone else, but for me, I, I started internally and it was like, holy cow, I got to number 25 and I couldn't think of anything else. Right. And I was like, all right, I got to go back. And like, as I started researching, I discovered the things I really liked and realized that what I was doing was not in correlation to the things that actually enticed me. And right. um, one of them in particular, I'll, I'll share, is like, I was looking at it going, a private island in Mexico, you can buy one for around $50,000. And I was like, huh, that's it? Like, yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. And so I started looking at that. And then I realized the first thought that came to my mind was limiting. It was, right. see, you can't even go on a vacation. Why would you buy this? And that's where I started to unpack. Um, and I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, why do I feel this way? And I started really un uncovering what it was. And truthfully, Bob, what it was, was literally a bunch of emotions and feelings that I experienced from my parents that I accepted from my personal dichotomy. and. I didn't even know if that was right or wrong. Right. It was crazy. So yeah, that's one of the major things is get right with yourself and understand what it is you want. And that's, right. a, that's an interesting point you bring up because a lot of these beliefs we have, they're things we lived, we didn't realize it at the time, but our brain was so you know, young and molding, if you will, and experience those things from our parents, grandparents, et cetera that it just became part of us. Those neural pathways got set and we don't know why, but all of a sudden you start to really think about it. It's like, huh, that's really something because yeah, I was, I was surprised when you said that 50 grand. Oh, that's not bad. And then I'm thinking, yeah, well, how would I go at, you know, and yeah, you go into that automatic limiting negative belief. I think that's easy for people to do. Do you find that um, people will, you know, like when you first meet a client, they lean that way because it's quick and easy going to the negative. Yeah. I mean, most of the time, the best way to find out someone that needs my assistance is I go, what do you want? 
And uh-huh. most of the time people will go, I don't want this, this, and this. And you go, hold up. I didn't ask what you don't want. I asked what you wanted. Wow. Right? And they go, Oh, I, I <laughs> guess I don't know. And like what they're doing is they're unconsciously just responding in yeah. a negative way. Wow. So then to open it up and actually bring it to their conscious mind of like, no, no, no. I asked you what you wanted. Then all of a sudden it's like, you know, it starts firing all these like, oh, <laughs> they're going, wait a second. Yeah. The and cobwebs go, get lost, you know, that's so easy for entrepreneurs because yeah. so many times they find themselves just giving every ounce of energy to everyone else. If it's not their business, it's their family. If it's not their family, it's their business or it's their clients. And they're just trying so hard desperately to create this idea of financial freedom. Right. But I'll even challenge it and go, okay, you want financial freedom, but what does that mean? Cause you may already have it according to what you believe inside, but like maybe there's a misalignment there too. And so that's right. where, where I really try to get in and say, okay, great. We know what we want, but like, what's the details of it too? Yeah. Like if I asked you car or what you wanted and you said a car, I'd say, okay, what kind of car? And then I'd get even more specific. Okay. Is it all wheel drive? Rear wheel drive? Is it a, you know, two seater, four seater, you know, and I would get very, very specific with you to help you understand what it is that actually motivated you. Mm-hmm. Because once you know, then, you know, you're so focused, like naturally you just go towards that thing you want. Cause it's, we, we do that as human beings. We all have the things that we think we need and want. Yeah. And so now it's like a deserving issue. Like how do I deserve even higher? How do I want something higher and be okay with that? And that's a great point you bring up too, because um, I know, you know, if you talk to people, you know, that a lot of times sitting in a line or something like that, the first thing you're going to talk about is a complaint and it yes. breaks the conversation because it's easy. But when you shift to that, you know, that idea of what you want, I think the key thing you look for is that feeling of having that item. And that's what triggers that subconscious mind is that feeling. It's based off of feelings. And so you you can ask yourself, what would it feel like to have that car or that house or the, you know, $100 million, whatever it may be, you know, and that's what gets your subconscious mind. It's triggered off of a feeling. Um, I think that's interesting. Um, it's, it's so crazy. The science behind it, right? Like it goes into our neocortex. We think about it. We start to really design it. And then as we feel it, it goes into the limbic system, which releases the chemical to our body. And then over time, the more we feel that chemical, it gets implanted in our cerebellum. Right. And that's the third part of the brain. And that's our unconscious mind. So our unconscious mind, we do things in a quote unquote flow state. Like imagine if a flow state was just like making money or, Imagine if a flow state was just having the outcome you wanted every single time. Wouldn't that be amazing? Like, it'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cashing checks is always a good thing, you know? (laughs) Not working hard. Like, it's naturally, it just comes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that's what people say, you know, positivity is Pollyanna. No, there's scientific fact. You just talked about how it went through your brain and your limbic system and goes into your limbic system to come about. I mean, it's not Pollyanna, it's science. There is science. Yeah. yeah. And it's so interesting. Like the, the more I've gotten into it, cause I'm, I'm very like, okay, I need to understand the workings internally. <laughs> you can I, say I, it. You're the geek. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can talk about this, but like something that blew my mind as I was researching is your brain only remembers 50% of the memory. Wow. And so the other 50% is you going back and recreating 
because you're wanting to feel that chemical release in your body. So that story starts getting bigger and bigger and bigger, just like a drug in essence, because that fix needs to get more and more and more for you to feel that. So now your story is so altered that 50% of it, it didn't even happen. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Like, whoa, (laughs) blows my mind to think about like, you know, those memories we have, even the good ones, right? They, they get amplified. Right. And right. my wife told me this when we were first married, she's like, man, you just love to embellish stories a little bit. And it's like, yeah, but now it makes sense. Why I continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, if you're a fisherman, it's great. You know, <laughs> exactly, exactly. that fish in their mind might it, actually be, there you, know, you go. Down longer, right. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's something. Now, do you think your background with the real estate and all that and, you know, previous endeavors, did that help the potential that you might see in others? Um, you know, because of what you've gone through and if you were projecting that, that outlook of, like you say, in real estate, getting that house or knowing the particulars of a house, does that help you in helping your clients? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, obviously any client that's a real estate agent that comes into the program, like we instantly have that bond, right? Right. But what is so interesting about real estate agents is like, although there's a lot of perception that people make a lot of money that, that, you know, they it's easy for them. And there's a lot of perception around that and helping people navigate through their individual perceptions, because we, you know, people come in this, this course and they may be making like a hundred, $200,000. And that's the most they've ever made or anyone in their family's ever made. And so like really getting onto that perception of like, you do deserve this. Like, don't worry about what the other external environment thinks of you. It really depends on what you want. And if you want something more, that's going to require more money that's okay. And helping people come to terms with it's okay to have more than your mom and dad had. Right. Because with that more, with that abundance, you now can go serve and think of how much more you could serve these other people around you and provide experiences they never had. And so like, if, if I can, I'll share a quick example. Yeah. This is fresh on the mind. Um, my mom, her, her dad recently passed. So my grandpa passed away last week. And oh, it's okay. It's all right. He's a good man and lived a great life. Um, but he lived four hours away. Wow. And so when he went to the hospital, the writing was on the wall that this might be the time. But my mom didn't have the resources to get there faster. So she had to drive. Well, naturally, in that four hour time frame, the the symptoms and everything he had continued to get worse and he passed away. I look at that and I take that as accountability and say, you know, had I gotten my crap together earlier, I could have flown my mom on a private jet to go do that. And I start to take that personally and say, okay, now in essence, if I had the money that I truly, truly wanted and I desired, and I was working towards that, I could do that. And that is serving a greater good. It doesn't matter that my friends or my family out externally think I'm crazy for having a jet. But what's so amazing about it is I could actually serve at a higher capacity to make someone's life so special. Right. Yeah. And that's the key thing people need to understand It's no matter whatever amount of money you make or have, we all end this planet in the same manner. You know, we don't come out alive. And that's a great point you make is the money is a tool and you have to realize that it's just like a hammer is a tool. I don't love my hammer. I use my hammer to make 
or break down things or do what I need to do with it. Money's the same way you can help, like you said, help people to get to critical things like that, help a church put a new roof on their, you know, building, whatever it may be, help the hungry. Um, you choose, but it, it's there as a tool. And you definitely, you know, that helps to to build that, if you will, um, focused effort that, you know, it's not all about a dollar amount or, or, or there's bigger reasons for doing what you want to do. Right. And that's where I would say getting very specific, going back to what is it that drives you? What is it that motivates you? Some people would be like, I don't, I don't need a jet to fly my mom to see a dying father. Yeah. But like, for me, that motivates the heck out of me. Like, yeah. I take that as like, this is my calling. This is what I'm supposed to do on this earth. Whatever amount of time I have, this is why I'm here. Like it has nothing to do with like the flashy cars and the, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. No, what it has is I, I have the capability resources and the mind to go create lots of wealth to help bless other people around. Me. Yeah. And that's where it gets so much fun. And that's a great insight and a great reminder for people with that. Um, one of the things you talk about too is, is thought drifting, if you can. Um, and I think I love, I love that name, if you will, the thought drifting. Um, mm -hmm. how does that cripple people? Um, you know, when we try to achieve our goals? Oh, great question. So, um, I'm going to give credit to Napoleon Hill, um, <laughs> outwitting the devil. Drifting is such a cool topic he talks about, but thought drifting in essence is like, essentially not staying committed to the thought you have no mental toughness. And so like, I'll, let's use the gym for an example. Like you get up at four 30 in the morning and you're like, I could go to the gym or whatever time you get up. Right. And you go, Oh, I could go to the gym. And then all of a sudden these thoughts just start to like cloud your mind. Oh no, you don't want to do that. Oh, that's too cold outside. Or, Oh, like the gym's going to be packed. Whatever the th thoughts are, you are now like losing your momentum behind right. what the sole purpose was. You're drifting and you're allowing yourself to go off and like pretty much persuade yourself not to do the thing that you were set off to do. That is a muscle. That is a mental muscle you have to develop and it takes time. But once again, the more aligned you are with the things you want and you know that, and you've been able to really experience it maybe through a meditation, right? Like, being able to see yourself in that position and feel the feelings before it even happens. Or maybe it's going and sitting in that car or that going and holding that watch, whatever it is that motivates you, right? Like going and experiencing that for a moment, those things, those feelings will always, always outweigh the thought drifting. If you can experience those feelings beforehand. And that's a great point. It's almost like list out the, again, the, the feelings you would have as you accomplish these things, because that triggers that mindset and that, that chemical um, release, if you will, of the pleasure from having those things, from those enjoyments. Um, and, you know, I, I, I purposely asked that question because I know you, you mentioned that and talked about Napoleon Hill, because that's the first thing he talks about in his book, Think and Grow Rich. Thoughts are things, right. and they truly are. You know, they direct our mind, they direct our, our mind to think about things, which then causes us to act on certain things, which gets us the results we want. So those, it turns out that those thoughts do help us to achieve things and to accomplish things in our life. Right. And the most important part associated with those thoughts is just knowing what it is. Yeah. Right. Like, um, I do a lot of public speaking and my whole talk is based off of a pixelated image of a hundred dollar bill. And yeah. it's like extremely pixelated and I'll throw it up there and I'll go, all right, someone tell me what this is. Well, no one wants to raise their hand or say anything. And you might get that one off guess, but like no one is certain in that image. 
And then you show the 4K high-resolution image of the $100 bill, and everyone raises their hands. And some people are like, I even know what it tastes like, right? (laughs) Something very crazy. But it's because most people are not, like, focused on the resolution of what it is they want. It's just a very pixelated, like, idea, image. And so getting higher resolution with what you want and understanding why and the intention behind it and the feeling, well, now all of a sudden it just becomes natural. Like, you know exactly what you're going after and how much more powerful is it to tell someone exactly what you want? That person may actually know someone that knows someone that has the resource to get you that thing faster. Right. And that's, what's super cool about all of this stuff. And that is very cool because yeah, the more descriptive you are, the more focused you are, they can help to lead to those connections that you, you know, truly desire, you know, um, they can help you grow what, what it is you're trying to achieve. Um, and one of the other things that I thought was interesting in one of your, your little podcasts that you released too, it talked about your inner voice. Um, I mean, how faith and fear can be in the same room, but which one are you going to feed? It's like the story of the two wolves, you know, which wolf are you going to feed? How, how do you help guide your clients so that they don't listen to that negative one? Yeah, I, that's a great question. And honestly, once again, it, it is a mental muscle, right? That we're developing every single day, but I would definitely encourage anyone that has that to get specific with what it is they want, because what will happen is if you're specific in what you want, you know, what will happen if you do these certain things, right? right. Like I know if I eat 1500 calories and I eat X amount of protein, carbs, and fats, in a diet, I'll lose weight and I'll look great. Right. So it's getting specific again. What are, what are the macros of the thing you want and what do you right. need to do specifically to lose that weight? And then you can go back to those and fall back on it. So when that fear does come in, you go, no, 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 hold on. I know if I do these things, this will happen. Like it's no longer a, Oh, will it will, maybe, right. maybe not. It's so specific that you can combat that fear and say, I'm just going to continue to move on. Right. And fear becomes less and less and less over time because you've just continued to develop that muscle. And so I would say once again, like getting very specific with what you want and designing the plan. Like I sat down with an entrepreneur that I coach um, yesterday and he was like, I want to share with you this plan. I want to, I want to implement. And I was like, no, 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 no. Let's talk about who your ideal client is and your story first. Like I need to know who we are and what's the journey and the feelings and the why. And once we uncovered the why, then it was like, oh, great. Your program's fantastic. You don't need to make any changes, right? Because he already had it. But what he didn't realize was the internal, like, who's my client? Who's, what do they look like? What's their name? What, you know, are they right-handed, left-handed? How specific does he want to get with this client? So that when he does talk to that client, like he already knows. And it's it's an assumptive close. It's not a, oh, is this person, did I build enough support? Like he just knows. It's easy. And that's a, that's a great point you bring up because you know you want to make it comfortable for everybody to do that type of thing, but then it's an automatic fit. I think that's so critical that automatic fit of, you know, it flows right into you know what you you know what you can do so they can close the business because it's already right there. It's a no brainer, and that's a great great way to you know it doesn't make sales scary when you do that. No, and it eliminates the people that are angry or grumpy or not right. in line with what you want. You're just like, yeah, you know what? I'm not worried about what this guy thinks because he's just not my ideal person. Right. So I'm going to go over and find the, the ideal person. And I, it's unreal because now you're not mentally getting in a funk of someone like chewing you out or ripping yeah. you out of the call because you're just 
in a flow state of going after what you want. You know, you're specific. It's amazing, right? So it just changes the way you do business. And we did that with our real estate team that's still active. And it's crazy that the difference in clients, that we right. work. it's just a night and day difference and the camaraderie in the office, totally different. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Cause everybody's on the same page. They're going after the same type of prize. It's a focused event. You know, you look over and the same person's lock and step barrel with you doing the same type of things to, to achieve what, you know, what they need to do for the client. You, you all go through the same scenario. Exactly. And it's important to know, like getting even more specific in business, like, designing who you want to work for you, right? Like, mm -hmm. and yeah. you could spend 80% of your business designing and the other 20% implementing and make more money than you would ever, than you could ever fathom. Right? right. And that's what it comes down to. But like with our employees, I designed, okay, I want someone that is, you know, very good at just taking direction, right? right. I don't want someone to overstep me. Okay. I don't, I don't really care the gender, but they absolutely need to be available from this time to this time. And I just started designing it. So then in the interview, like I just look yeah. at the resume and go, oh, yeah, this, this person's good fit. I'll interview this person. And I'm not wasting as much time interviewing 15 candidates because I know specifically what I need. Right. And that's, you know, once again, you're saving more time, making more money. It's, it's just getting more intentional with what you want. And, you know, it, it just blows me away every single time I do this. The more and more I do this, it just continues to magnify and manifest itself in amazing ways. And that's a, that's a great reminder for people that, you know, they can, they can do this. Uh, one, I think one of the keys to this, and you, I think you touched on it before you said something about it, um, is that idea of consistency. And if you can tell us how this has worked for you, because, uh, you know, you talk about, you know, going after your business in real estate, you got to be consistent, calling people, getting leads, getting those people in, in any growth of a business, you got to do the same thing. You're posting every day online, little short videos, that consistency is there. I do it every day that helps me have over 840 some podcast releases right now. So, <laughs> you know, tell us how that's helped you and how that helps your clients. Yeah. So consistency, once again, is internal. You have to be consistent with yourself. And so a great, a great, I remember this, and this is something I tell all the people that come to my coaching courses. Like if you go tell your wife this big dream and she looks at you and goes, yeah, sure. That's a good sign that you're not a consistent person. Right. But if she looks at you and goes, absolutely go get it. That means that she has enough trust or he like whatever your spouse, right. They have enough trust in you that you've done it and you've shown consistency. But right. most of the time our spouse or significant other will be like, mm are you sure? Right. And they'll give yeah. us a little feedback. Well, it's because you haven't shown yourself consistent, like to being consistent around that person. And so consistency starts with doing the things you say you're going to do. So write it down, write right. down five things you're going to achieve that day and go do it. Nothing else happens until you do it. Your morning routine does not have to be at four 30 in the morning. It does not have to be jumping in an ice bath. Your morning routine is designed to set you up for success in your day. Right. So stay consistent with that and set yourself up successful every day. There you go. There you go. Let's start the consistency. Let's start our day. I mean, with the new year, everything we're, we're a month into the new year. So why not, you know, keep that consistency rolling that we started in January. Hopefully you're still doing it, but chances are people that have those new year's goals have stopped already, but you know, we'll, we'll let them digress. So we'll keep going and keep positive with our world. Well, Jesse, where can people find out more about you and how to get a hold of you, your programs and so forth? Yeah, they can visit the emergecoaching.com. 
Um, and I'll provide that for you for the, the notes. So you can click on that. Um, they can also find me on Instagram at Mr. Utah real estate. Um, and where, like you mentioned, I post a lot of inspirational reels and things from other podcasts and, and events that I've been on. And, uh, yeah, my whole goal here is just to help people understand themselves so they can win bigger in their life. That's, you know, that's just amazing. It makes me just filled with extreme joy. Well, great. We'll make sure we put all that in the show notes for people to get a hold of you and contact you and they have other questions to follow you with your program. So we, I want to thank you for being a guest today on the Encouragement Engineering Podcast. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your knowledge. appreciate what you're doing for our world. So keep up the great work. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Bob. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. You have a great day. You too. Hello, this is Bob Brum, your Encouragement Engineer. I want to be your contrarian. I want to help you in the battle to overcome the negativity that inundates our daily lives. You're better and greater than your situation, and you've been given a gift by our great creator. As an encouragement engineer, I can help you to see the value of a positive perspective, positive actions, and positive mindset in your life. No matter if you're a solopreneur, a corporate contributor, or a large organization, the value of your greatness needs to be shared with the world. As an author and encouragement engineer, I would love the opportunity to enlighten your organization with the value of positivity for your situation. We can overcome negativity with the light of positivity. I encourage you to contact us at BobBrumSpeaks.com for more information, and let's have a conversation about your situation and how we can help you. Thanks for joining us on the Encouragement Engineering Podcast. To learn more about the services Bob provides, please visit his website at bobbrumspeaks.com for more information. And please feel free to share this podcast to your friends.